Ladies and gentlemen, this is Andy from the Parents on Pictures podcast. Just before we start this episode, I just wanted to give you some prior warning that there is some stronger language than you might usually be used to hearing. Um, if you are easily offended, this probably isn't the episode for you. Uh, but if you like a little bit of fruity language, then uh, enjoy the episode. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a hero. But instead, I grew up to be a nobody. Another schism. 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 Schism picked random weirdos and made them fight to the death. And the internet loved it. Nick wins. Hey, I'm Nick. I love you. Coming. Uh, I think you have the wrong approach. Whoa, who are you? Look, this is gonna sound really fucking weird, but could you help me? I have guns bolted to my hands. Yeah, you're right. That does sound pretty fucking weird. You have 24 hours to kill Nix. Fail, you die. Leave the city, you die. Who the fuck is Nix? It's showtime. Anything to do with this. These guys came to my house last night. They're making me fight. Look, I have a plan. Go on. You can stop trying to kill me. And kill schism. You in? Um no. Here's what we'll do. Relax and stop running! Mistakes were made. Ah! Ten million viewers, you have made history. I never wanted any of this. Fuck! Ah! It's over. It's not over till I say it's over. I wouldn't do that if I was you. You'll just end up blowing your damn face off. Then you'll still be depressed. Even more depressed, probably, because of your fucked up face. Welcome to Parents on Pictures Podcast. My name's Damien. I'm Andy. And what we do each and every episode is we come in here and we talk about a film that we have seen that is on a popular streaming platform. Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, YouTube, that kind of thing. And as busy parents, we try and let you know whether it is something you should invest your time in or avoid like the plague. Or if it's COVID, don't avoid it. But whatever. Anyway, Andy, what the hell are we doing this week? This week, we're going to be looking at Guns Akimbo, which stars Daniel Radcliffe. It's available on Amazon Prime, and it is about uh, a young man who is a um, 
who makes video games and he ends up trolling the wrong people and ending up with guns bolted to his hand involved in a game uh, where he has to kill or be killed and only the survivor will be victorious. Uh, that is the, again, the film in a nutshell. Hell yeah. And so this is basically, this is Harry Potter as he grows up. So what did Harry Potter get up to? Well, uh, he wrecked his life. Um, he became he became a programmer uh, for a really horrid mobile game that is designed to do nothing more than strip you of your money. Um, you know, as as we see thousands of these games, um, be it mobile games or even even AAA games. I'm looking at you, EA, and your microtransactions, little shits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, microtransactions. I absolutely agree with you. I'm a huge fan of the Madden series, and uh, they've oh, just ruined it with all of their sports shit. Is the worst for microtransactions. But they used to be so good, and then all of a sudden you have to buy this and buy that and buy that. I've already spent sixty quid in a game. I don't want to fucking pay for more of it. Exactly. And this is it. He he works for a mobile game, some kind of squirrel nut thing. Um, and, and, you know, he even admits that it's, it's just designed to sap you of your money. Anyway, all of this is trying to show you what a loser um, Daniel Radcliffe's character is. His name is Miles, okay? So Daniel Radcliffe, English actor, best known for, obviously, Harry Potter, made millions. But did. We did review um, the film that was set in South Africa. What was that called? Um... Oh, you did that. I was away for that. Pretoria. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, Escape from Pretoria. He was absolutely blinding in that. He was so good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not denying his acting abilities. For yeah. Harry Potter, I thought he was shit, but I think that that was largely because of the the material that he was in. Okay, um, I don't think that a character like Harry Potter is going to give anybody an opportunity to shine as an actor. Um, but what I really like, and I love Daniel Radcliffe for this, everything that he has picked in my opinion, after Harry Potter has either been something because he wants to do it, regardless of the quality of the project, or something that pushes him as an actor. The man has so much money that he can literally pick any project that he wants for the rest of his life and never have to worry about whether it's going to be a hit film or not, which yeah. means that he can make batshit crazy stuff like this, because this film is insane. And I love it. I absolutely adore this him. This, yeah, I mean, it's it's a privilege, isn't it? It's a, he's in a really privileged position in that sense. Um, however, I'm not sure that films like this are going to do his reputation <laughs> good. Um, you know, from from a kind of personal for his personal outcome, great, he can do whatever the hell he wants. But you know, for someone who's trying to maybe it actually, I'm thinking at it about it in the wrong way because actually, what you know, he should do the things he wants to do. But actually, you know, if you're trying to cement a a career as a uh, a good actor this is not the way to go <laughs> no you're, you're right and um, but then again maybe it's one for them one for us because there's that thing in hollywood isn't there where it's like i will make your big budget movie if you let me make my small indie um you know schlock because i want to make this so i'll make this for you i.e your big whatever it might be um provided that i get the ability, the time, the contract, the money to make my small movie over here. And so you get the best of both worlds by doing it that way. And a lot of actors do that. It's like, I will make your blockbuster because I'm a big actor if you let me make my small thing here, but I need you to fund it. 
And, yeah, you know, yeah. I like that trade-off. Yeah, I do. And I think you can get some absolute um, beauties from it. Um, this is not one of them. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, I, I understand that. I just... Um, and do you know what? For this film, I, I can actually see the kind of the... Um, the treatment being read out to the producers and them just lapping it up. This is something that when you're, it's on paper, sounds absolutely wicked. This is kind of, you know, a cool concept. It's, it's quite interesting in that sense. It is just diabolically delivered. Um, and so, you know, I can, I can kind of get why this film was made. Um, and actually I, I can see why they chose the director they did. I think there's some controversy around him that I don't really understand or know about, mm. Jason Lee Howden. Um, however, you know, if you look at his background, you know, he was um, a visual effects artist on the Lord of the Rings films. You know, he's got, when you look at his background um, and the films that he's been involved in, uh, he was like digital paint artist on the Avengers Assemble. Wow. You know, he's got a really impressive career. I think this is his first directing role. I'm just going to look at this now. Um, uh, no, he has another film and I'm not even... Uh, did he direct that? It's a film called Deathgasm. Um, oh, oh, no. So, oh, director, seven credits. There we go. Deathgasm. So he's done seven films, uh, three, four, five shorts, Deathgasm and Guns Akimbo. Um, so you know this guy's got a uh, a style, a niche. A, st a style is a good way of putting it. And you know, just, just in terms of the size of this film, this this film tiny budget, fifteen million dollars, mm. and it made uh, about a million at the home box office. So it was a flop. It was an absolute flop. Which you know, this doesn't really have a, a big enough audience to to make a huge amount of money. Um, when you look at it and how it's how it's being um, advertised, this is your straight to DVD schlock from back in the day, or in this case, it should be straight to streaming. It should yeah. never get so, uh, a wide release at all. No. Well, what's interesting though is what you say that. So, have you seen the film Napoleon Dynamite? I have. Yeah, it's a, a cult cult classic. Did it make any money? It, yeah, right. Here's the thing. So it was a cult classic. It was made on a hundred thousand dollars. I'm going to double check this as we're talking right now because <laughs> I just don't want to get my facts wrong. Um, but in my head, it it was made on a hundred thousand um, dollars. Sorry, four hundred thousand dollars. There we go, four hundred thousand um, dollars. I think that includes marketing materials too. Yeah. And you know, at first it went to film festivals. It was really popular. People liked it, but it was essentially going to be straight to DVD. MTV picked it up and it has made $46.1 million. Wow, well. off the back but, of 400,000. Yeah, so you know, these, these kind of these small budget films can become a financial and a kind of, uh, um, uh, what, what, what might you call that? Uh, commercial. Commercial, thank you, success. Um, you know, I remember when, when I was at college, people were wearing the... Um, uh, vote for Pedro t-shirts from the film and stuff yeah so you know this is this is a film I, I I just don't think Guns Akimbo has got that kind of it could have a cult following the same as Napoleon Dynamite but just not the same scale um, and it clearly does you know that there, there is a cult following here but I think that it's much smaller much more niche yeah I agree um, and, you know it it 
feels a little bit like, um, have you seen uh, Crank with Jason Statham? Yes. It, it feels like Crank light. <laughs> it feels like Crank, but shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Another film it reminded me of was, um, oh my God, Clive... Um, Shoot him up. Have you seen oh, that? Oh, shoot him up. Yeah, Clive. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's his name? Clive. Clive, Clive oh. Parker. No, that's the horror. Uh, oh, crikey. Uh, Clive Owen. Clive Owen, right. So that was. Is that who? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking oh. at now. Clive Owen. Yeah, Monica Bellucci. Well done. Good work. But that was this same genre in yeah. fact did you ever see it might still be on amazon prime it was a first person shooter um i've got what a dvd what's it called i can't remember i know exactly what you're talking about i have it on dvd it is excellent um the whole thing is done by first person perspective basically someone wearing a gopro the whole way through but well, just the, the, the protagonist the protagonist never talks it is literally gopro the whole thing whole thing is in gopro and it is excellent hardcore henry that's the one yeah hardcore henry. so right. guns akimbo falls in the same bracket as these films 100 that's exactly where it belongs yeah so and you know those films they they clearly have their place they're not necessarily my cup of tea um but they clearly have their place and i can appreciate them shoot them up i kind of enjoyed um hardcore henry i watched it when i was teaching film studies because i thought it was a really interesting concept this kind of first person film you don't see that very often but again, thought it was a bit naff, wasn't done particularly well, but you know, how do you do that first person shooter? Well, I just thought Guns Akimbo was, and that I kept saying it over and over, it was fucking mental, <laughs> right? It was just like, and I, again, apologies for my language. Um, no need, we, just, we, got, we, we got the bit at the beginning, you're all I right. I know, but I just, I, I just feel like um, it's just, I, I cannot express this film without using extreme language. It it was fucking mental. The whole way through this film, I'm just sitting there going, what the fuck is this? <laughs> um, so I, can we just talk about cinematography quickly? We can talk about whatever you like, mate. Right, because cinematography pissed me off so much. It was as if a, you know, an 18-year-old film student had gone into their textbook found uh, a list of shots and had just gone fuck it we'll just string this we'll just string this together in the edit there was it was unnecessary the amount of weird angles and cameras moving at fucked up ways and all this stuff it, it made me angry it was trying far too hard to be stylish yeah. whereas the, the the things that we'd mentioned before frank shoot em up hardcore henry they had a style Yep. And they stuck with their style. Guns Akimbo doesn't know what style it is and so tries to use too many. And it's kind of like, like you say, it's an 18-year-old who's found a list of shots. They are trying too hard to be cool and stylish. The problem about being cool and stylish is that if you try to be those things, you never are. It's like the really nerdy kid at school, <coughs> myself, trying <laughs> to be cool never gonna happen you need to fall into what you can do naturally right so, yeah i don't think that this director really kind of knew what he wanted to do i'm not gonna go so far as to say he didn't know what he was doing i don't know that at all but i think that he had so many ideas he tried to shove them all in here at once yeah absolutely and you know, i just think 
you know, the concept was wicked. They could have oh, done, yeah. they could have done something really special with this, and it failed at almost every turn for me. I'm, um, I'm glad you said the concept because I thought the concept was again really good. It's been done a little bit before, you know, this whole um. The world watches as everybody descends into chaos because it gets viewings. Yeah, it's a parody and it's a critique of our um, society and how much we love reality TV. It wasn't done particularly subtly. I mean, it's just, it's literally like this film. It's just smash you in the face with a <laughs> fucking sledgehammer kind of subtlety. Um, but yeah, the concept was good. It's kind of like Running Man. The right, so this, yeah, the Schwarzenegger yeah. film, not the book, because I've never read the book, but the Schwarzenegger film, mm-hmm. if you gave the film a mixture of cocaine and energy drinks, <laughs> that, <laughs> that's how I would describe the concept for this film. You hit the nail on the head. That is exactly what it is. So we were watching it, and within the first kind of 15 minutes, I, I was watching it with my wife, who, after 25 minutes, got up and went, I'm not watching this. Wow. Um, so yeah so but i said within the first 15 minutes this is the running man this is exactly our concept and it's oh much preferred the running man oh god yeah i mean that, that thing is a an absolute masterpiece as far as yeah. i'm concerned um I, what, sorry I'm, what did you think because i was gonna i was gonna open with this what did you think of radcliffe's american accent not the worst I've heard. Um, there I, other... I don't have an I don't have an ear for these things, you see. So I like to get other people's opinions because I thought it was pretty good. But I th- I thought it was along the same lines as um, I forget his name off the top of my head. The guy who was in Wanted with Angelina Jolie. He played the young Professor X in the X Men movies. No idea, man. Anyway, I'll look it up. I thought it was along the same kind of lines. An English dude trying to do an American accent. I thought it was okay. It was all right. Yeah, I didn't really see the point in him being American. I thought he could have been English quite easily and it wouldn't have changed the story at all. Um, there was lots of um, Kiwi actors in this mm. and some of their accents slipped occasionally. You could hear it. There was one guy who played a cop in it and his accent kept slipping when, in things he was saying. Um, but no, I, I didn't think Daniel Radcliffe's accent was awful. That certainly wasn't the thing that... Uh, that made me angry whilst I was watching it. <laughs> um, so interestingly, when I watched the trailer for this, uh, so last week we were talking about watching the trailer before when we were talking about um, Tomorrow War. Mm. We were talking about the trailer and about you know watching it first and the, the impression it gives the film. When I saw the trailer to this, I was like, wicked, I yeah. am going to love this. And so I watched the trailer with my wife when we were deciding what to watch and we both agreed it looked really, really good. I don't know i i've since watched the trailer since watching it and gone no that trailer is as bad as the film is what what is it about that trailer that gripped me and i can't work it out i think um i think it's the frenetic energy because there's so much energy in this film it's really easy to get caught up in that hype um and it is and that's what the trailer is supposed to do it is supposed to create a hype train that just pulls you along and so if you don't look at it below surface level then it's yeah. very easy to get caught up in the energy of this film. Very quickly, put that on pause. Before somebody threatens to kill me, the actor I was thinking of is not English. 
It is a Scottish actor actor by the name of James McAvoy. So James would, McAvoy, love yeah, him. Yeah, I would in one. I would like to eternally apologize. Uh, please don't send me death threats. Okay, he's not English. I I realize my mistake. Andy, back to the point you were about to make. So as I was going to say, about an hour into the film, uh, my wife walked through the room and she went, "Are you even enjoying this?" I said, "Do you know what? I'm I'm really not. But if I was playing this." I would be in my element. This needs to be a video game. And I think actually they missed a trick here um, because I, I'd say whilst they were playing it, whilst, sorry, whilst the game was going on and whilst they were, this film was going on in my head, I was like, this would make the most amazing video game. So it's one-on-one in a Grand Theft Auto style city and you have to find the person you have to kill. And it's kind of you've got loads of NPCs running around this kind of city. And if you kill one of them, it's fine. But that's not the person you're supposed to kill. And then the cops come after you. Mate, that is something that is waiting to be made. Uh, to be fair, I'd play that. I would play that. Especially if you um, if you made it a multiplayer. So the person you were hunting down is an actual friend of yours somewhere else in the that's country. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's oh, sorry. I mean. yeah. 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 One versus one. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. I'm I'm well down for that yeah because this like i said the concept is really cool the delivery was dreadful there was, there was a bit at the beginning um where we're kind of getting to know daniel radcliffe's character he's doing this horrendous monologue about his life and who he is and this that and the other and there's a bit where he crosses the road and sonic rings fall out of him and a few other bits and pieces have you seen the emoji movie uh good god no no, neither have I, right? The, I've only seen way, the only way I will watch this is if one of the other two make us watch it for this pod. We'll just fire them at that point. <laughs> uh, anyway, but it, to me, it just felt like that, um, again, it, it was that thing that, that, you know, when I was teaching, um, a, when a student learned to do something, they put it in everything they did. So if it was a, you know, sort of special effect or something like that, they just did it overkill. And it felt yeah. like, he had, you know, learned how to kind of create these graphics and then just went absolutely freaking mental with it. Um, and the whole film just felt like that to me. Yeah, that's a, actually, that's a really good point. It does have that kind of feel to it. Um, something that stood out to me really glaringly, and it always does, and I always hate it, the relationship between Daniel Radcliffe and his friend at the office. Yep. Okay, so he, it's, it's a nothing character, the friend of the office. But there's this one point where Daniel Radcliffe has a phone in his dressing gown? No, it's in his jeans. No, it's in his jeans. Yeah. In his jeans. And um, he can't get to it because he's got <laughs> guns bolted to his hands. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had a paper cut, but having bolts shoved through your hands, I'm not going to be able to use those things. I'm going to be in agony. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and he's like, oh, can you get this phone for me? And the film just, just just off a cliff, dives straight down into homophobia. And I'm like, we're in 2021. Yeah, this was made in 2019. Come on, guys. Can you not think of something more original than, oh, I don't want to put my hand in your trousers because it looks like I'm gay. Fuck off with that kind of thing already. That kind of stuff really gets under my skin. Even in a film like this, there is utterly no need for this bullshit anymore. Yeah. It, it, it felt like um, uh, it's like a 13 year old was making a film. Yeah, I was about to say it feels like a 13 year old's wet dream, doesn't it? Kind of a, a, a Call of Duty connoisseur yeah. who, who's, I mean, there was a game, I've never played it. Um, something punk. 
Uh, it was a complete flop when it came out. Um, yeah. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk? I've got that game. I love it. Okay, cool. So I've never played it, but I've seen kind of bits of it, and it, it felt was funny. it was rough when that game was first released. Like right, rough. but it, to me, it kind of felt like this was a cyberpunk fan's wet dream. Like it was. Yeah, that I can see that, especially with but the again, style they go for. I, I could be wrong, but I, I don't know. Um, I I am massively disappointed by this film. Um, I I was after watching the trailer, I was really looking forward to watching. In fact. We watched three trailers in a row to decide what to watch. And mm. the other two films we watched, um, my wife chose to watch those first. And I was really disappointed that we didn't watch this one first. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Just, I can't believe I even... Well, let's, let's talk about... Uh, let's, let's, let's talk about the, <clears throat> the female protagonist or it's antagonist. Been- Samara Weaving, who plays you know She is easily the best thing in this film. Not oh. just because she's beautiful, but she's actually really good. By country mile. Um, I, I, I quite like the backstory. It's a little bit cliche, but I quite liked it. In a um, film like this, was it ever not going to be cliche? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but she... I was about to say she played that character really convincingly. And what I mean by that is... Not that that character, there was anything convincing about that character, but the fact was that she'd like at no point did I think, Oh, fuck off. I, I, yeah, like, yeah. I was just, like, I was just watching her, she was just like, she was wicked. And the moments where she wasn't in the film, I wanted her to be there just to add something because it was dull when she wasn't in the film. You see, I felt like Daniel Radcliffe and Samara Weaving were having a good time making this film. I mean, the 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 stuff that we don't see everything behind the scenes and the in between the takes must have been an absolute riot. I would imagine that being on set for this film was probably one of the most enjoyable things that they could have done in terms of humor and what have you, but it didn't translate on screen with the exception of her performance. You can tell that she knows that she is in a film that is batshit crazy um, and she's just running with it. She, yeah. she is playing her character dialed all the way up to 11. Um, and she's, she's, I don't know if she did enjoy it. I've not seen any interviews, but it looks like she is having an absolute whale of a time playing Nick's. Well, sure. And I think, you know, that's, you know, it's a vanity project in that sense. Um, great, fair play. Um, just don't release it. <laughs> You've got the money to just do this, man. Come on. Um, it was, you know, it, yeah, Damo, right, $15 million. And they say, Damo and Andy, make a film. We're basically going to make the same film. Well, you say that. We've actually spoken about making a film, Andy. So We have, what do you reckon? but we don't have $15 million. Well, no, because what I'm saying is, though, if you've got the budget for those kind of big explosions and the kind yeah. of the stupidity that comes with this, as no. a vanity project, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably pick a very different style to this. But yeah, this is the type of thing that would be enjoyable to make. If a studio just turned around and said, ah, whatever, 15 million means nothing to us. I mean, in terms of movie making these days, 15 million isn't even a big budget. It's not even a small budget. It's a nothing budget. Yeah. Um, so yeah, by all means, go ahead and give it a punt. Why not? Yeah. Um, I just, I didn't know. It... <sighs> The bad guys in this felt like they were out of something from uh, Masters of the Universe. Yeah. Um, oh, well, weren't they just? It just, 
nothing really worked with it you know even his boss the dick in the office yeah like just even that bit in the story i was just like i don't need this it's just not it's not engaging i don't get it maybe i wonder if i was 12 i would have absolutely loved this film i wonder yeah, I, I think i think if i was 15 15 16 somewhere around that age yeah um i'd have loved the heck out of this film maybe that's the problem maybe we it's are yeah maybe we're just we're, we're not the target audience for this film well i would imagine the target audience are those individuals who grew up with harry potter and are now adults right okay. it would still be a good what 10 years younger than what we are yeah yeah probably yeah so, yeah maybe you're right maybe we are not the target audience for this christ i'm having an existential moment on the pod <laughs> but you know there are other films that uh I let's take Star Wars for instance, right? Yeah. I don't like the Star Wars films. I've seen them a few times, and I just I cannot get on board with them. But I'm not offended by them. Yeah. I can appreciate the kind of the quality of those films. I can appreciate the great script writing, the great visual effects. I can appreciate it. I just don't enjoy it. I, I was I was offended watching this, as if like, how dare you put this shit in front of me? Like I was <laughs> like genuinely really cross and. You know, I, I only watched it to the end simply because of the podcast. You know, if we hadn't been talking about this, I wouldn't have bothered because the end was... Oh. I, this is what I wanted to kind of wrap up with, actually. I mean, we've spoken to the style or the lack thereof and the plot or the lack thereof and the characters or the lack thereof. Um, but what, you know, a film like Guns Akimbo has to end with a massive set piece. I mean, there has to be a huge body count because if there isn't, this is a massive letdown. So what yeah. do you think of the end action piece? Like the, the crescendo of this film? It's really tough because I like, it's, you know, if it hadn't finished the way it did, it would have been let down, mm. you know, but I wanted there to be that gunfight where they get the end and then Nyx straps the C4 to herself and goes and blows up all the bad guys. You know, I just, I wanted it to be a gunfight. I, you know, one of the things, um, I've already spoken about this, about how it was like watching a video game, but there were moments in it where, um, like you watched bones being broken and it kind of went to that um, yeah. X-ray thing. Which we've um, seen a hundred times in other films. Yeah, exactly. But I, I quite like that. And, you know, it reminded me a little bit of Max Payne. Do you remember that game? Where yeah, the, the, remember you, that. You so you'd slow down the bullets and watch the bullets flying through the air. You kind of got that sort of stuff. Quite like that. Um, and I wanted more of that in this ending. I wanted to see that. I didn't just want it to end with her blowing herself up. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, I thought I, I didn't like the fact that her character died, not because, you know, Samara Weaving was the only kind of like really decent thing in this, but um, it felt like it cheated her out of her revenge. Um, because as you learn through, you know, plot, um, the her family was killed by Schism, the organization that uh, is, is setting this game in motion. And um, her father, who she didn't know, is the police officer or detective who's trying to hunt them down to essentially to keep them safe, actually. He gets betrayed by uh, his partner, and so he is killed. Um, and so she goes out for revenge on a her family who was killed in the car accident or car getting burnt or something, and b mm -hmm. um, her father being killed in the timeline of the film. But it, it felt it felt a little bit cheated because uh, she wasn't the one who actually ended up killing um, the head of schism. 
she, yeah, sure, she managed to blow everybody else up, but um, she didn't really get her revenge, which kind of sucked. In a film like this, you need to see yeah. that closure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I really hated that, oh, at the, you know, that last closing clip, we see Daniel Radcliffe sitting in this fucking amazing car in a black suit with his hands all scarred and that ring on his finger and then he was just going to go one by one and you know kill all the people who are organizing these um schism fights whatever you want to call them and uh to me i was just like oh my god it's like it's like someone had gone tell me every cliche you hate <laughs> from films the director had been given a list and just ticked them off one by one as he went through yeah Oh man, I mean, I, I suppose it might if through uh, through fear of being a short one this week, uh, we should probably go to our our closing uh, closing yeah. accounts of these films. You got anything else that you want to add to this one? Um, I, mean, I I could go on forever about the action and how dumb and ridiculous it is, um, and you know the style. Oh like... yeah, no, I do, I do, I do. Um, the soundtrack. Ah, now yes. soundtrack is the only redeeming feature of this film. Loved the soundtrack. I thought it was really good. Um, it reminds me reminded me of playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, when hey. I was a kid, uh, which I've just recently got on PS4 as well. So uh, yeah, um, but it reminded me of that. I really liked the soundtrack to this. I thought it, it was wicked. Um, but that is it. So let's just wrap it up. I'm going to go first. Uh, I would highly recommend this film um, to literally nobody in the whole wide world. Um, you have me going then. <laughs> <laughs> just do not waste your time. I think if you've listened to what we've had to say, it is a fucking catastrophe. <laughs> and I don't use those words lightly. Um, I, oh, I, 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 no, just don't watch it. There are no words. That's <laughs> no words. Don't watch it. Now, and I'm with you. I think that it's a hodgepodge and it's a mess and it's it's freaking terrible. Um, the one saving grace, if you do end up watching it, is the fact that it's only 90 minutes long. Um, it, it is a, a short, tormented piece, thank Christ. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. Well, I was just gonna say. Uh, sorry to interrupt your Go your piece. Sam has sent through his. No, I was gonna. I was gonna finish with his, like we did last episode. But you can read it out this time. You sure? Um, yeah, yeah. So, because I read out last time, I think. So you can read oh. it out this time. Um, but yeah, so you, you, it, it's a hodgepodge. It's short. It's awful. It's absolute drivel. Um, so I'm one hundred percent gonna recommend this. One hundred percent. I had a brilliant time watching this piece of shit. Um, and if you are anything like me, you will simply switch your brain off and love it. So as far as I'm concerned, if you ever agree with me on the pod, watch this film. I thought it was dreadful. I thought it was cliched. I thought that the action was kind of cool. Um, and I thought that it missed the mark on everything that it was going for. And I fucking loved it. I absolutely fucking loved it. That's literally not what you've said for the last however long. I know, long I know. But this is it. I can appreciate shit. And I thought that this was really <laughs> fun. Okay. I thought that this was so much fun um, that I'm actually reinvigorated and probably going to put this movie on as I fly um, to wherever I'm flying on Microsoft Simulator this week. Um, because I, I, 
Um, Honestly, I sat um, there and I had a grin on my face the whole time. I was either laughing with the film or I was laughing at the film. Uh, I was doing both at some stages, but I loved it. I I was 100% all in on for this. I was like, Harry Potter, well done, lad. You've redeemed yourself because Harry Potter was a bit shit. (laughs) Well, that is incredible. (laughs) Incredible. There you go. Um, but again, I think it, it, it really ties into whether you normally agree with Andy or whether you normally agree with what I say. But I'm not going to say by any stretch of the imagination this is a good film. This is a terrible film. So I, um, really, but I, really I, I had so much fun. I hope for the listeners' sake they agree with me and not you. <laughs> honestly, you're going to get death threats after I recommend this. It's possible. It's very possible. Uh, Andy, what did uh, what did Sam send through this episode? Uh, so again, it's- just as a recap, uh, Sam's got a newborn, so he's uh, not going to be with us for a few weeks. Um, and uh, at the moment, Matt is hella busy. Yeah, man. So um, Sam's still watching the films, and so he's still kind of keeping in touch with us, but obviously... You know, when babies don't sleep, it's no fun. So, uh, yeah, this is what he had to say. Whilst it had a few entertaining moments and some laughs, Guns Akimbo is underwhelming. It felt like a story from 10 years. Felt like a story from 10 years with no comprehension on how people actually engage with online content. No one sits around with their mates watching live streams and high-fiving. It would have been more realistic to have a guy in a toilet cubicle watching in silence. I really don't like the true believer punk rock villains. I would have found it more more believable to have a soulless corporation behind the death matches, purely intent on generating profits. Daniel Radcliffe delivered a satisfactory performance and I was impressed with his physicality. However, I don't find his character particularly likable and don't care too much about his fate. For a movie focusing on stylized violence and gunplay, the shootouts were lackluster. The video game aesthetics didn't help much either. Just made me want to... to watch Scott Pilgrim instead. My verdict, no, not bad for background noise, but not worth a recommendation. If it's available to stream, I'd recommend shoot them up, start own Clive Owen, there we go. Absolutely insane action with the craziest gunfights in the movie. That's what he had to say. So I, I, I said that at the beginning, didn't I? That yeah. um, it, it, rem- it reminded me of that. So yeah, well, you know, do what you need to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I agree. I agree. And do not mistake, I am recommending this purely on the basis that it is a bad film that I enjoyed. This is not a good film. This is literally step by step on how not to do something. Yeah. Um, well, that is all I have to say. Uh, <laughs> I promise I promise to keep my language much more clean and tidy in future. But I really felt like this film deserved an absolute paste in. That's fair. And, you know, it's nice to be able to let your hair down and swear a bit sometimes. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to watch this film, or if you have watched it and you're just listening to find out what we thought of it, there's a lot of gore and swearing in this. So we'll assume that that's kind of your cup of tea. So, yeah. Andy, where can people find us? You can find us if you... uh... Go if you want to uh, get in touch with us and tell us how much you hate Damien for recommending this film. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter. Get in touch. Uh, we're most active on Facebook where we have little polls and little conversations going. Um, so join us on there, Parents on Pictures podcast. Um, you know, we'd love to hear from you. If you've got any recommendations, if you've got anything you want us to watch, let us know. Uh, you know, it's nice, nice to have people recommending stuff. Um, you know, the stuff that we wouldn't normally watch. So. Yeah, let us know. Sounds good and groovy. Right. 
other than that, we have been Parents of Pictures Podcast. My name's Damien. I'm Andy. And we'll catch you later. Bye.